understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome to another episode of The Stranded Podcast. I can't thank you guys enough for staying with me this long, and please, 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 if you feel inspired or compelled by anyone you hear please make sure you rate and review this podcast so that I can keep this thing going. And my hope for you is that you're just hearing conversations that are inspiring you to be your true vulnerable self or believe in the midst of the craziness and the chaos and the struggle that greatness is on the other side. And this, these types of tests are only to bring out the best in you. I am so... So excited about today's guest because this person's going to bring out the purest version of me. This is someone I met um, through work. And I know for most of you listening, have you ever just felt like you had almost like that God encounter? Like, I guess like Drake says, it was God's plan. I was... At my job for a few years, uh, when a resume came across my desk and my boss forcefully asked me to review it, and I didn't. I waited until the very last minute to review it, probably about 10 minutes before the girl walked in. I printed out a copy and had a colleague review it for me. And as I was walking into the interview to interview her with my boss, my colleague says, "Uh, Jessica, you realize this this girl also lived in St. Augustine, where you're from, and she attended Young Life, which is something you said you did as well. And I was like, no, I didn't notice. And he said, it's on the back page. You didn't look. And this is just in my um, too busy, in a rush, not paying attention at work version. And I was like, wow. So it, it required me to take a good look at her resume. And in reviewing her resume, I felt something I never felt before. It was like I knew this girl. And it wasn't just because she had lived in my hometown for a few years, but it was like a, a mirroring act. She'd done everything that I had done. She worked at Boys and Girls Club. She was participated in Young Life, which was uh, part of what I contribute to changing my life when I was in middle school and high school because I clung to my Young Life leaders. And now she was applying at a job for Am I Kids back in Tampa, which was where she was originally from. And it just kind of really threw me off. And I can be picky when I meet people. But when I met this girl, within the first five minutes she opened her mouth, I was like, I need this girl in my life. <laughs> I need to keep her around. I don't care if she gets this job. I need to keep her around. And uh, so that makes today's guest <laughs> one of my most genuine favorite people that is still in my life today. That interview was two years ago, and that is Hillary Bolt. Thanks for having me, Jess. This has been a long time coming. And little did you all know that this is the second time we've recorded this podcast. <laughs> we recorded this podcast once before, and um, I guess we weren't really 
I felt like we weren't as honest and as truthful as we would have liked to be. So we're going to do this one more again. And uh, we're actually at uh, the Wyndham Hotel on Clearwater Beach because it's Mother's Day weekend. And I'm having some me time uh, to do some research and some thinking out loud. And I think Zen is important. And um, I can't do it without, uh, you know, my friend in Christ. So And per usual, I'm crashing the party. So <laughs> we're here to just have a, a genuine conversation and, and hopefully inspire all you all to... Um, to follow along and journey with us on this little podcast we're going to do. <laughs> so I have to explain uh, the story where I went from really wanting Hillary in my life to where um, where I really got the deepest version of her and what, what benefit she brought to my life so instantly. And it was, I, God, I had to be a month into you working at AMI Kids because yeah. you got the job. And uh, I had to go on a road trip to Miami, and she joined me. And, of, um, of course, because they throw newbies in the car with you, and they say, Listen, go. T- I went everywhere Jessica went for, like, the first three months. She didn't have a choice. <laughs> like, you're going on a trip. I'm coming with you. We had a, I had to learn the job. <laughs> so Hillary was, like, my tag-along. I didn't want to say that, but Hillary was my tag-along. And so we go to Miami, and we're probably about three hours into this trip, so that means we're almost to Miami if you're driving from Tampa. And... Hillary lets her true self out, right? So when you first hang around somebody, you try to be like that surface level person. Hillary straight lets herself out and goes, <laughs> I'm going to play this podcast for you. And I was like, okay, sure. And it is this like overwhelmingly churchy woman <laughs> preaching to the choir. like, And immediately, like, I have to not lie and tell you that I'm like, oh, goodness. Like, am I really doing this? So wait, the funny part is I totally knew this. And I could tell that this was not probably going as well as I wanted it to go in the moment. But I, one, I listen to this podcast almost every week. And it, I think we traveled on a Monday and I always listen to it on a Monday. And I was like, all right, well, she's just going to have to have to get on board because this is my Monday routine. And so I was like, I can remember praying right before and I'm saying, all right, God, here we go. Like, I'm going to play this podcast and we'll see what happens. And Maybe 15 minutes into it, Jessica presses pause. She looks at me, and I'm like, is this okay? <laughs> and she goes, I really don't I, – I don't want to offend you, but I didn't know that you like God this much. <laughs> and I – and my response was, oh, no, I think that's a compliment. And she looked at me even crazier, like, what, what do you mean you think that's a com- compliment? And I said, well – I always want to be relatable to people that either know God or don't know God. And I think from there, it just started a really real conversation about my journey to faith and and where she was with faith and and really opened the door to just have a genuine and authentic conversation about where we were. And to be honest, I was in a rough spot with God and and really was listening to that podcast for myself, not even so much that I, that I wanted to speak to Jessica about God, but that that was that was a big piece of my journey is that I had just walked away um, from a really hard situation with two very close friends of mine and, and was really grieving the loss of that and, and having a lot of doubts and questions about where was God in my life. Um, so Jessica will tell you that this was a really divine intervention in her life, but truly um, it was a mutual feeling for both of us. Absolutely. Um, this is so important for me because the reason I have Hillary on this podcast is because when you fast forward to two years later, I have a really, really close relationship with God. And that's something out of the 28 years of my life I haven't, I have never had. I've tried five or six times, but I, I've never been completely successful. Um, I'm not blaming that on anyone. And I'm, I'm, 
full to take blame, but I did not grow up in a religious household. Um, and I just felt uneducated at all times. And whether it was fear of the unknown or embarrassment because I didn't know anything about the Bible or anything at an older age, I just never got very far with the experience. And so there was something about Hillary's genuineness and openness when you said, um, I'm just relatable to the person that believes in God or doesn't believe in God that made me feel like I could ask you questions. And I think, I think we got out of the car and we went and did our business for a day. And I think the whole day I pondered on, is this the person that I can ask those questions to? Is this the person that I can ask those stupid questions that I have about, well, if there's a God, why do people die? You know, if there's a God, um, why do bad things happen? If there's a God, you know, why do I always feel shame in coming to him? And I thought about it for a day. And on our car ride back, I think, I think we spent four hours talking and you answered every single question that I had about having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I, and I think the, the true, the true reason that was so. I must've been crazy. <laughs> no, but I think people would ask like, what, how did I know those answers or how did I know how to have those conversations and to understand a little bit more about why that, that didn't scare me away or why I wasn't afraid to have those conversations is that's how I came to faith is that I had someone in my life that met me when I was a mess and when I was a wreck and when I didn't know anything about God and straight up told her I didn't want anything to do with God and yet she still pursued me and still loved me and it was through that pursuit and that love that ultimately led me to ask more questions and to journey to know who Jesus was and how Jesus's love for me was transformative in my entire life. I mean, that was the biggest transformation I've ever had in my entire life. And just saying, yes, I'm, I'm willing to walk this journey. I'm, am I going to know all the answers? Absolutely not. But, but what I did know was a love that I'd never felt before. Um, and, and that's the gospel. That that's That's the journey of faith is that through everything, there's a God of the universe that loves you and loves the every detail in you and and wants your questions. He's not afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your doubt, any of it. He doesn't need the cleaned up version of you. He just wants you. Um, and I think that Jessica and I, you know, got to journey through that. But for me, it really brought me back to God. Um, and I was really able to solidify a lot of things that I had walked away from or or kind of swayed from and, and it really took me back to my roots of okay do I am I gonna say these things to this to this girl in the car with me or do I really believe them um and in the past two years I've really come to believe them and it's really become um something that I can stand on and truth that I believe in and and really has grown my faith a lot um in this journey of just having open conversations and and I think that God created us to be in community and, and to have people to walk through life with and to journey through life with and, and to be able to, to bounce questions off of one another and say, hey, I, I don't understand this. Can you help me understand this? Hey, I don't know how to pray. How do I do that? Hey, I don't, I don't understand why God would do this or why I'm walking through this if he loves me so much. Um, and I think it's in those questions that you know, having people around you and surrounding yourself with people that, that have a like-minded faith, does it make that journey a little bit easier? Um, and we, we've experienced that. We have. <laughs> I felt like at the, looking back, I feel like at the time my questions were so elementary. Like, <laughs> 
like praying. I I was so scared of praying out loud. Like if someone asked me at a dinner table to pray out loud, I would cry because this was this was the fear of embarrassment because it was something I truly did not know and I truly did not understand. And you answering these questions for me in the way that I could receive them was so empowering. But I want to ask you something because you just said that when I was asking you these questions that this was a time in your life where you thought you were ready to give up on God. And But from what I know about your personal story is you've been in a relationship um, you know, with him forever. You were raised this way. Why... I always thought personally that once you're saved or, you know, if you're raised this way, you, you believe in God forever and ever and ever. Why, why was God in question? So, yes. <laughs> um, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I have the best parents on earth. Um, I adore each one of them, and they were very instrumental in, in bringing me, making sure that we, my brothers and sisters and I were in church. And, um but I had to make that decision on my own when I was in high school. Um, and, and I did. And I can't, I'm not going to go back and say, hey, I didn't believe it then or it wasn't real. But I, I truly struggled after that. Um, some of the hardest trials in my life came after I knew Jesus. And, and you might be listening and saying, what? I thought when you came to know God and it, your whole life changed. And, and that's just not my story. Um, that wasn't true for me. And, and I really, truly struggled after that. And, and I would be lying to say that I, there aren't things that I still struggle with to date. Um, and a big thing for me was that I constantly wanted to please people. It was this idea of I wanted to be so known and so loved by people that I was willing to do almost anything to receive that love, whether it be sleeping with a certain guy or drinking at a party that maybe I didn't want to just to fit in. Um, and it was this desire of, I constantly looked at myself through the lens of how were other people viewing me? And if that wasn't positive or I wasn't the funny girl or I wasn't the life of the party or I wasn't invited or, or at the front of someone's mind, then I I needed to do something to change that. And so I did, and I became obsessed with it to the point of destruction. It really led me down a path of saying, okay, if these people... I, I never felt like being Hillary was enough. I, I had to be a victim of something. I had to be act out. I had, I had to be the life of a party. Some, something where someone said, and, and whether it was positive or negative, I wanted to be at the front of someone's mind, whether it be my friends, my family, my young life leaders, whoever was in my life at that time, it was this great desire of me to make myself at the forefront of their mind. It, it was how I felt loved. You needed you needed media coverage, huh? <laughs> yeah, Hillary's the only person I know I've met in twenty eight years that I keep saying twenty eight and I'm twenty nine. The only person I've met in twenty nine years that has the same people pleasing disease that I have. Yeah, and it is a true struggle. I read a quote the other day that makes me think of what you just said. Um, oh, I don't want to misquote it. I don't remember who it was from, but it was an Oprah interview and. She said, as long as we live our lives trying to please others, uh, we will ever we will forever live a life of anxiety. Yeah. And I was like, gosh, that is like the people-pleasing mantra, yeah. you know, because we get in these f- funks of like people aren't happy with us and how do I keep you happy? And it's in like even in the details. Yeah. 
Like I'm the person that I, I'm if I'm in the airport or I'm on a plane or I'm in a mall, like I will get out of everyone's way. I hate going to the club for the very reason yeah. that I don't like being in people's way. I'm like, oh, sorry, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. You bumped into me, but I'm sorry. Like yeah. it's yeah. this, it's this, it's it's subconscious, yeah. subconscious, and it's natural for yeah. us. And for me, you know. People, people pleasing in a job to me looks a little bit different, you know, performing for a job or performing for praise at work, you know, that took on a different form to me. But when I was, I was leading Young Life and I was doing ministry um, throughout college. And so performing when, when you're, people think you're performing for God, but I was really performing for other people. And, mm. and I don't know that I like the word performing, but I was really, my intentions were always to get praise from people and not praise from God. Um, so your identity was in these actions yes. and these people and not in God. Yes. Oh, girl. yeah. And it, and it all kind of came to a head and, you know, we, I could sit here and, and make it sound, you know, better or worse than it was. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, we, we all exaggerate stories to, to an extent and, and I was the queen of it, you know, like. Uh, there weren't 10 people at the concert. There were a hundred people at the concert. Um, and it was in all of that, that, you know, you tell people different things and it all came to a head for me. And, um, I lost a lot of friends and it was a really dark season for me. Um, and it was in that it coming out of that season that I really grasped or, or grappled with. Okay. I set, I walked through these motions. I, I said all these things about God, but did I really believe it? Did I really believe who God said I was, and could I look through the lens of how God views me, and could that mm. be enough? Could being known by the God of the universe and being loved by God be enough for me? Um, and it was, and and it transformed my life to where I was now living for an audience of one, and and it was when I would seek other people's approval, I would I would catch myself and say, okay, God, what do you think? And, and in making life decisions, when it came to my career, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? Where do you want to lead me? And I watched him lead me to careers I never wanted to be in and be in places I never thought I would be because I lived in a life of surrender, of saying, okay, not my will, but your will, God. And and it was a it was beautiful. And it was a beautiful thing to walk through pain and, and hurt and tragedy and, and having to learn things the hard way to really come to know God. And, and now my life, I walk differently. But to sit here and say, do I still struggle with pleasing people? Absolutely. It, it's an everyday struggle for me. Um, and I really have to constantly check myself and make sure that I have people around me that are saying, hey, not, not today. You know, like we're, we're not going to go down this road anymore. We're not going to do this and, and really have people that champion me and say, Hey, I know where you've been and, and we're not going there again because God loves you and you know that and you walk that and you live that. What do you think life looks like for people who live a life without a relationship with God? Lonely. <laughs> I, I mean, t- here's the thing. I, Life with God is the most exciting and exhilarating journey I've ever been on. And so when Christians, well, I mean, not Christians, when people say it's boring. No. Have you read the Bible? <laughs> the, the, the Bible is the most scandalous book you'll ever read. Like, it is straight up crazy. There's murder, adultery. Like, it's crazy. And when you look at Jesus's life, he was nothing boring about the man. I mean, he hung out with 
the most cast out people. He chose the craziest people, you know, people that were persecuting Christians. Those are the people that he chose to walk through life with him. Those are the people that he chose to champion him and his life and, and to go on and, and start the early church and, and be the, the forefathers of Christianity. I mean, it, there's nothing boring about it. And I think that we were created to be in a relationship with God. And I think when we live not in a relationship with God, we're missing out on all he has for us and the abundance and the joy that comes from knowing him. He said that the biggest commandment is to love God with all your, all your heart and soul. And, and I think when you do that and when you can, when life becomes about loving God, your whole perspective changes. Mm. See, for a lot of people grow up in the church, Uh, you know, I don't, most people I know grew up in a church. I did not. So I wonder for people like me, once you make that decision or you're fearing making that decision, like for me, this took me, you know, 26 years of the 29 years of my life to really dive deep into this. And when I think back on the millions of excuses, it was simply because of fear of shame, fear that once people make this decision to have a relationship with God and talk to God or be saved, that there are these super high expectations of you. And it's almost like you better not do this until you're ready to stop cursing and going out and having sex without being married and all of these things. Like, what would you say to people? Because I'm asking you this because these are the things you said to me. Sure. (laughs) What would you say to people that um, don't, don't have a relationship with God for that very reason. Well, here's the thing. The church is imperfect because people are imperfect. If, if you are reliant on a person, it, they will always let you down. People, mm. people are imperfect. The only person that will never let you down is God because he's perfect. And a, re, a relationship with him is you're not signing a piece of paper that says, oh, life is going to be perfect now. That's, that's not the journey. But it's saying, you know, when trouble comes, because that's a promise, trouble will come, like have faith because God is there because God has sent his son to die so that you can live freely. Um, and I think, you know, thinking back to your journey, you know, you asked those questions, but you give me more credit than I deserve because there were so many seeds planted in you throughout your life, whether it had been uh, a young life leader or a teacher or a mentor or people that had slowly started to to plant seeds with you about who God was and and how much he loved you. And I got to just be the person that that kind of put that all together, but it for it it was a whole life journey for you of people slowly planting seeds and and I and I got the honor of just seeing you blossom. Yeah, it's so fun. The funniest story I can think of because we have a ton of them is we Hillary and I are on this journey. We're talking. She's she's trying to talk me into Bible study, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. This sounds like a lot of my time. And she's like, well, I'm gonna buy you a Bible. And I said, <laughs> I, <laughs> I said, I think I have one. And she goes, well, what version is it? And I said, I don't I don't know. I think it's under my bed. And she goes, well, let's go look at it. And she comes home. She comes to my house after work, and I pull this. <laughs> this this uh, like box under from under my bed, and I dump it, and there's like nine Bibles in it. And she's like, "What is this?" And I said, "Well, 
and I start opening them and there's a note on the front page of almost every one from people throughout my life that had given me a Bible in hopes that I would um, search in my relationship with God. And she looks at me and goes, girl, God been chasing you for a long time. <laughs> That's true though. And, and here's the truth. I think that we all, you know, everyone's like, I'm cert- I want, I want to be free. I want freedom, you know, and here's the reality. You are free. Let's start living like we're free. God paid the price. Jesus paid the price on the Christ. But yet, I every day have to remind myself that that because of that sacrifice, do I not have to live in condemnation? Do I not have to live in fear? Do I not have to live in shame? Because he took it all. Every sin, everything that I've ever done and I'm going to do, he paid the price for. And if we would just begin to really believe that and trust God at his word, it's transformative. It changes your perspective on life. It changes how you love people. And and if you want to boil down what Christianity is, it's loving people. It's mm. it's just getting outside of yourself and saying, God, I'm available to love people. Maybe people that aren't like me. And you don't have to know the whole Bible to love people. You don't even have to have ever walked through the doors of a church to love people. It's just looking at them through the lens of how God looks at them and loving them right where they are. And that love, loving people, that's that's transformative. And that's what leads people to understand God's love. You used to always tell me this one thing that I loved, and it was that um, you used to always say, because I would say, I'm not ready. And this was always... All the time. This was always my excuse. I don't want to go to church. I'm not ready. I don't want to... We can't pray. I'm not ready for that. Girl, Girl, I went out last night. Like, I'm not ready. And you used to always say... God's not waiting for you to be perfect. He wants you in your mess. Yep. And I swear that's what, that's how you got me to church. Was I was like, oh, well, I'm a mess. So this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. Every This changed my life years ago. I heard a woman speak and she said, God will never be tired of you coming back and running into his arms over and over and over again, even if it's for the same thing. You, if you commit the same sin over and over and over, God is never frustrated or tired of you running back to him. And that was so freeing for me because I kept finding myself tangled in the same mess over and over. Like I'd get in the pit, I'd climb out of the pit. I'd go right back in the pit and come out of the pit. And, you know, finally I was like tired of going in the pit, but, you know, God was never tired of it. And God's never tired of reaching down and grabbing your hand and, and meeting where you meeting you where you are. And I think that today the church has failed a lot of people in the sense of we're not really willing to go and meet people in their mess. We mm. just expect people to walk through the doors of a church, and that's just never been a part of my life. I, I've always someone met me outside of the doors of the church, and that's always how I've, I've wanted to love people is to say, hey, I'm going to go to where the need is and I'm going to go to where the hurting and broken people are and I'm just going to love them. It, it's not about, you know, pushing a message down someone's throat or, you know, saying someone. But in my experience, if you love someone long enough, eventually they're going to question why you love them and it's an opportunity to then share God's love. I love that. So knowing you and knowing um, how tight, you know, you have this you have this ace relationship with Jesus... <laughs> do you still, even with that tight relationship, do you still, I know you still deal with people pleasing. We both <laughs> still deal with it. Call me out. Just. 
But people pleasing and shame, is that is that still a struggle? Yeah, I think I walked around. I think I feared. So after I screwed up big or, you know, I, I was in this hard place, I, I really struggled with, well, let me close that door. Like, I can never be involved in a church again, and I'm never going to do ministry again because, like, I have committed the ultimate sin, which was such a lie. And, and it was so in the moment of me just believing what the enemy said and, and being living in fear. And so I, those, that word shame covered me for years after that. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I found a church that I was really comfortable in and, and I, and I allowed myself to go there in relationships and, and to share these things and these struggles that I had been going through that did that shame slowly, slowly fall down, you know, and can I say that it doesn't come up here and there? Of course it does, you know, different situations or different relationships. Um, definitely it can make me fear that, fear that again and, and, it holds me back from doing things maybe I want to do out of, well, these people won't understand or that they won't know me, but that that's all from the enemy. It's all a lie. I love that. Cause that's one of the deepest things you, you taught me several things and there's two that I really want to hit on. And one of them is that once you accept God into your life, that's the moment that the enemy will step in full force. Truth. <laughs> and that was true. Yeah. Because get ready. The minute that I started praying and talking and build it, rebuilding that relationship, crazy shit started to happen. <laughs> yes, it did. And because I had one hell of a year last year, we sure did. <laughs> and then, but the second thing is something you taught me that I will forever, forever appreciate. And this is so simple because I bet there's a lot of people listening that go, "Oh, Jessica, like." That's so obvious. Like, I, I already know that. I live my life that way, but I did not. And what Hillary taught me is that you, maybe maybe some people do, but you, you, don't get, you don't pray to God and then this magic miracle happens instantly. God changes your life in the smallest details. And I've, now that I know that I've witnessed it so many times, you know, just... It's it, I can instantly see when God steps into my life, and it he, it's through the weirdest people at the weirdest times in the oddest situations, and you you have to stop and go, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I prayed for, yeah. and He just delivered it to me in the most unexpected way, and it's almost like having a relationship with Him. You just have to be, you have to be so open minded. But I think that that what you're saying. God loves us so much that he's in the details. Mm-hmm. He cares. I listened to this podcast today and this man said it was the craziest thing. So at first when I heard it, I was like, what? He said he was out to lunch with a friend and or he, they were planning on where to go to lunch. And he said, well, let's pray where to go to lunch. And the guy looked at him and said, we're going to pray about where to go to lunch. And sure enough, so they they prayed about where to go to lunch and, and picked the place. And that man, his friend that was with him, had a God encounter at that lunch and he just was so reminded that God cares about the details. If we're willing to give God the biggest and hardest things in our life, why are we not willing to trust him with the small things? Mm. Why are we not willing to say, to pray first about things? You know, we're willing to to go to God when it's a big decision, whether it's, you know, your relationship status or your career moves or it should I marry this person? But 
we're not willing to go to God and say, hey, do, do you think that I should, you know, where do you think I should go for lunch? Or And it seems so silly, but praying, praying first about things changes your perspective. And then it allows you, it gives you the ability to see God in the details because he's there. He knows every head on our hair. He knows every, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And would we just be willing to let him love us in the details? And that's my favorite part is when I feel like God shows up in the details. It's like a little like kiss on the forehead of him saying like, Hey, I see you and I know you and I love you. Mm. I love that. (laughs) And it's so true. Like, Oh, I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but I think the most defining moment for me, there was a ton when, after Hillary stepped into my life, but, um, there were quite a few, but I think one of the most craziest things that happened to me was, um, I kept asking, I, I finally came to Hillary at one point and said, I, you know, I'm doing this, I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm, I'm studying, um, but what if I just feel like he's not listening? Like what, like, how do you know he's there? I don't get it. Like what has been so confirming for you that he's there? And she said to me, don't be afraid to ask God to reveal himself to you. And so that was my, that was in my prayers for the next couple of weeks. Like, please, you know, God, just, just reveal yourself to me. And, and then I, sometimes I had to laugh at myself and I was like, what does that even look like? Like, hopefully I didn't just pray to die, you know? <laughs> and, um, that's one of my favorite things, though, is God speaks to everyone in a different way. So, you know, I, I, when people say I heard from God, I always ask, I like to, to say, well, how did you hear from him? What did that sound like? What was that like for you? Because everyone hears from God in different ways because we all have a unique relationship with the Lord. And, you know, I can remember you asking me that question of like, well, how do you know that you heard from God? What, what was that like for you? And, you know, I think that's kind of those, one of those questions where people are like cringing, like, what is she going to say? Is this going to get really hoaxy? Is this going to get really weird? Like, what is she about to say? And I think he came to me in my sleep and told me to, it was an audible voice that said, (laughs) do this. And, and it's not, it's not for me. It's not, I'm not going to discount anyone that maybe has audibly heard God, but you know, for me, it's, he, he shows up in, in, in his word, he shows up through other people. Like I hear God a lot in conversations and I'm a big verbal processor. So often, and Jessica can attest to this, I will call (laughs) her and say, Hey, I just need to talk through this. And in talking through that, I really can hear from God and just my own talking through it. Do I feel like I hear God answer my own questions? Um, you know, in my thoughts, in my heart, like it, and it's just a feeling that I have that I, that I know that I know that I know that that was from God. So I think I started praying for this in maybe May. Mm-hmm. It must have been like May or June, and I think I had a lot of stuff going on, and I was also pregnant. And um, <laughs> and I almost forgot about it. I forgot about it. And I was still going to church, and I was still praying. And, um, and then in August, I ended up having my son prematurely, which we talk about all the time on this podcast. He was 12 weeks early, and I remember looking at the doctor as I was pushing and I said, will he be okay? And he said, it depends on whether or not he comes out crying. I can't make you any promises. And everyone in the room was frantic um, because nobody knew, you know, my boyfriend was dealing with it quietly. My mother was frantic. My mentor was there and she was frantic. And um, I think people in the room really thought I was going to give birth to a dead baby. Mm -hmm. And, 
when he came out, <laughs> I had this overwhelming sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And my and before I even heard him cry, my body was like, "If this is gonna be fine, mm-hmm. don't worry. Like I got this." And it was like, <laughs> I just felt like instantly I was like, "There he is. Mm-hmm. There's God," because in this. I'm talking about 15 people in my, you know, in the NICU with me, four family members. People are chaotic. And I was so, maybe it was the drugs, but I was so at peace. And I was like, and then the days leading after that, everybody was like, well, you know, you can't see his face and he's connected to all these tubes and nobody will answer our questions. And I was just like, everybody relax. Mm -hmm. He will be fine. And I've never been so certain about something in my life. And I was like, when did you become so strong? And when did you, wasn't me. I remember one of the sweetest moments, I think, was you were still in the hospital and can't, maybe it was two days after Cam was born and you guys were in the hospital and, and Chris was there and, and the three of us sat and, and prayed together that night and there was just this overwhelming feeling of, okay, it's, it's going to be okay. Like there was just this peace that covered that room that night of just saying like, hey, I, God's got this. Like mm-hmm. God is is holding him and you know it, it was from there that I think that you really like found a lot of strength and in, in the ability to really talk about fears you know we talked a lot about fears and and things that maybe you hadn't said and and we were able to just pray about those things and and that was a really sweet time well fears have always led my life I felt like that was a time where I developed faith mm-hmm and, and I never knew what faith was. You know, people always said that, you know, fear eliminates faith or all these things about how, you know, um, you can't have you can't have fear and faith at the same time. And I was like, literally, I was like, what is this faith thing? And I learned what faith is. And it's just this undoubtable feeling of security because of God. Yeah. And I was like, I'd never felt this before. Because I let fear lead my life so many times. And that's how I knew that was God revealing himself to me, was this just unshakable feeling of security in the life of my son and myself. Like, blew me away. Yeah, it was maybe two months ago, you you and I were sitting and we were talking about all the craziness of the past year and and just what had happened and, you know, all these crazy things that had gone on. And and I looked at you and I said, but the beautiful thing is you found God amidst all of that. And that you still believe in God and all of that. And, and it was just this moment of really reflecting at like, God's faithful. And he, and what he says is true and he's good. He's so kind to us and he's so good. And that was so relevant in that conversation. And it was just so important, I think, to look back and reflect and say, even though, or, but still God, Mm -hmm. God was consistent and he was there and he was present, you know, and, and there was moments that you would want to run away or I can't talk about this or I, I, I'm not there yet. And God was still like, I watched God pursue you. Like I've never seen God pursue anyone else. Yeah. There's so many other instances that were so crazy, but it was like, it was so revealing to me, um, that it was real. Yeah. So many instances, like I, I, I just can't explain, but I have zero doubt in my mind now, you know, and you said something earlier about God asking you to love this, you know, 
be open in the strangest moments or love the weirdest people. You know, and I feel like I was that person for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I mean, and for me, walking and journeying through, the, it brought me back to life. I mean, and the people closest to you would tell you that. I mean, in the people that were in my inner circle watched me come to life through loving you mm-hmm. and watched me come back to a relationship with God through loving you. I mean, God really pursued me in all of that and really said, hey, I'm not done with you yet. I still have a purpose and a plan for you. And it's to love people. It's to love the people right in front of you. It's to love the one, you know, and it in loving one person, you know, you've gone on to love other people and you've gone on to share Jesus with other people in your life. And, and that's, that's the beauty of, that's what the gospel is. That's what, that's what Jesus's ministry was all about is, you know, loving one person and then that one person loving someone and, and watching the ripple effect. Yeah. Because I went from years ago, I couldn't pray out loud. I wouldn't even listen y'all on Monday morning at work. We, we pray at work. This girl prayed out loud and I didn't. That's how far she's come. She prays out loud and me out of my own fear didn't. Um, and we afterwards she came to me. She said, "Why do you even pray? What's wrong with you?" And I was like, "You got it." Like, and in that moment for me, I just sat back and quietly said, "You know, thank you, Jesus. Like, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life and and to." to watch you grow because it's built my faith. Mm. So what would your advice be to the mini-me's of the world? The me two years ago that couldn't for the life of me understand why God would love shameful, sinning, ridiculous me or how he would be upset with me for living this long and never questioning him, like never coming to him, never talking to him. Why would this why would this perfect man ever talk to me? You know, why would he want a relationship with me? If there's somebody out there like that, what would you, what would your advice be to them? Um, I, 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 I honestly, it's to me, pray, pray for that person to come to your life. Pray for someone that you can ask those hard questions to, to, to come and walk into your world. Um, and, you might not be ready to walk through the doors of a church, um, and that's okay. I get that. That is the scariest thing to walk through the doors of a church by yourself. But one, I'm going to offer up for Jessica and I. If you live in the Tampa area, contact either one of us and we'll go with you. And if you're not comfortable doing that, we'd love to have coffee. We'd love to talk to you about it more. Um, you know, that that's what we're here for, and that's, that's what God's created us for is to just love, love people and, and you know, when Jessica was thinking about starting this podcast, that was a big piece of it was, you know, she wanted to create a platform where she could just spread love and to spread joy and and to tell people that they don't have to stay stuck in those phases, that there's a hope and that there's, you know, freedom available for people. And, and so if you're listening to this and you're saying, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to take that next step. I'm, I have those hard questions and, and I'm looking for that, you know, we might not be the right priest people for that, but I'm, you know, I'm willing to do what it takes to find that right person for you. Cause I think that, you know, there's someone out there, but you know, outside of other people, just open your heart to God, pray to God, just, just start talking to him. And I promise you 
if you talk to God for seven days straight, mm. tell me that God will not show up in your life. P- commit to, sh- to talking to God for seven days. If you don't have a Bible, go get a Bible. Read the Bible for seven days. Just try, and I promise you God will meet you right where you are, and you will feel him in, in the craziest of ways in the details because he loves us, and he's never stopped pursuing each one of us. And he's coming after our hearts, whether we like it or not. So opening ourselves to that, it's, it's the greatest yes you could ever say. Listen, take action on that. I was going through one of the hardest times in my relationship last year, and I was ready to throw in the towel. And Hillary told me to take a seven-day cleanse. And literally all it consisted of was I spent 20 minutes in the morning reading the Bible And I deleted all the social media apps off my phone for seven days. And then I wrote prayers every morning because I wasn't to a point where I felt like I could pray out loud besides like in solitude, like solitary um, without anyone hearing. But I wrote the prayers down and I swear like a week later, God stepped right in, like (laughs) stepped right in clear as day. I'm here and I will fix this. Um, that seven-day cleanse is real. I would strongly, strongly ask anyone to consider that if you're just unsure about it. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we said this earlier, but if, if you have questions or you're, you know, well, I just don't know enough. I don't know about that. You don't need to know anything to talk to God. <laughs> that was me. Write it out. I mean, that's that's the easiest way I always tell people is, you know, you don't want to sit and, and close your eyes. And what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to look to the ceiling? What am I, am I supposed to close my eyes? Write, write a letter to God. Start writing letters to God and, and watch how he'll show up in your life. Mm. Boom. That wasn't, <laughs> you're not too shabby. This was pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you. You're not too shabby either. Well, thank you, Hillary, so much. I sincerely appreciate it and opening your heart and yourself and your honesty and your shame and all of the above with us on the Stranded Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. Yay. And I'm proud of you for doing this. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.